Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. You made a great choice to be here this morning. I know it's beautiful weather outside. Who's going to enjoy the bank holiday? Yeah, I am. But listen, just go with me. Go with us for the next 30 minutes. Um, I I believe that... um, that you're going to get something and already have got something from this morning. Didn't the guys do great leading us in worship? Now, I'm surprised Christian forgot that we're a part of Europe, seeing as his football team are uh, in the Champions League final. But uh, we'll forgive you for that one this morning. But we are in this 2020 season, as Christian's just spoken about. And um, I've got the unique privilege this morning of just bringing a one-off message in the midst of this season. So let's jump straight into it, if that's okay. In Luke 1, verse 28 to 38, the message version, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You are beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you've got nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. And now when someone tells me they've got a surprise for me, I'm expecting like a chocolate bar. Uh, This was the surprise from Gabriel. You will become pregnant (laughs) and give birth to a son and call him Jesus. He will be great because son of the highest, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, yeah, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. I've titled this message, Pregnant with Hope. Pregnant with Hope. Now we'll come back to that in a second. But over the years, I've been a part of probably thousands, maybe tens of thousands of conversations, yeah? Most of us, we, go, we have a lot of conversations in our lifetime, yes? Some people, probably a few more than others in here today. But over the years, I've realised that you can tell how a conversation is going to go from the greeting, Yeah. So if someone walks up to me and they're coming up to me like Sharon does often, she runs up with her arms open. Hi, Josh. You know, that's going to be a good conversation. That's going to be a great conversation. But if someone walks up to me saying, I need to talk to you. I'm not not pointing any fingers that anyone's ever said that to me. Um, I'm joking. Not all. But if someone comes up to me doing that, I, I know it's probably going to be a bit more of a tense situation. For example, when I was a teenager, 
I was what you call a lovable rogue. Now, that is a quote because one of my teachers in secondary school wrote that Josh is a lovable rogue. Uh, it was something about distracting people in class and all that sort of thing. Um, I, I, I've said sorry to Jesus for that. But this basically meant that I was a bit naughty, but I was able to get myself out of a lot of trouble through adopting what I call a strategic conversational approach. So basically, I had a bit of the chat to be able to get out of things. But being a lovable rogue, it meant that from time to time, I'd misbehave and I'd come back from school and the greeting from my mum was, Joshua Daniel Turner? Now, if, you, if your mum uses your full name, that is trouble. That is serious trouble. It probably meant that I hadn't tidied my room after my mum asked me a hundred times or something like that. I'd probably broken a vase playing football or something like that. That I'd like hidden under my bed. <laughs> you know how kids do. Um, and I, I was a lovable rogue. That greeting dictated the way the conversation Will go now through this strategic conversational approach. What I've learned over the years as I've as I've grown, I've also realised that I can dictate the way a conversation will go by using this approach. For example, if I want to go and play golf after work, what I don't do is this: I don't come back to my wife, kick my shoes off, put my feet on the settee, and say, "Helen, I'm going to play golf." No, 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 that, that is a bad thing to do. And I am speaking from experience here. What I do is something like this. I come home from work. I enter the door. I kiss my children. I walk into the living room and say to my wife something like, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. You are the greatest mum. No mums come close to you. How do you do it with such effortlessness, grace and beauty? I, I take her, I get her and I give her a kiss only to be rivaled by that in a Hollywood movie. To which my wife replies, what do you want? <laughs> what? What do, what do I want? Come on, do, I need a reason to tell my wife that I love her. Yeah, come on, what is this coming to? See, those married men in the room will realise that like women are sharp. My wife, she sees through me. And this brings us back to this conversation between the angel Gabriel and Mary. Gabriel starts with this huge opening. He goes, good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. And it says, Mary said, it says she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. Mary's like, what do you want? I love that. I think it's funny. Like, come on. Only a woman could be this astute because if this was a guy, he'd be like, I like this guy, Gabriel. You are so right. Yeah, I, I, I am beautiful inside and out. You know me. So, well, but joking aside, Gabriel goes on to tell Mary that she's going to be pregnant with the son of the highest. Mary's going to raise the long-awaited Messiah. Mary comes back to Gabriel and says, yeah, but I've never slept with a man. How can this be? Gabriel goes on to explain that this won't be any ordinary pregnancy or ordinary boy. They go on to discuss her cousin, Elizabeth, who's old and has been barren her entire life and has given up on uh, having kids. Gabriel drops in. Oh, yeah, your cousin Liz, she's pregnant as well. 
Nothing is impossible to God. And here's the crazy part. Knowing what she'll go through being pregnant outside of wedlock, how delusional she'll sound when she says, God put the baby there. She says to Gabriel, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. It's obvious that Mary's no ordinary woman. I mean, let me just clarify that. She was ordinary. She looked ordinary. We don't see uh, any books uh, about Mary previously. We don't hear about her previous life. We don't really see Mary doing any miracles. From the outside, she looked ordinary. But on the inside, she had an extraordinary faith that would lead her to be called most blessed among all women. There's so much we can learn from this interaction between Mary and Gabriel. She's been told her son will change history that will be the most significant character ever. She was pregnant with hope. And her physical pregnancy today acts as a metaphor for the way that we should live our lives. Pregnant with hope. Full of hope. See, as Christians, we're called to carry hope in our lives. We're called to carry hope into our world. We're called to carry hope into every part of society that we permeate, into that football team, into that school, wherever we go, we are called to carry hope. Not because in ourselves we've got anything to hope for, but because of what God did in us, we can hope that tomorrow is going to be even better than today. So let's move through. The first thing I see in this interaction with Gabriel and Mary is that Mary had a purpose. Mary had a purpose. See, she had this unique calling from God. This calling was to be a mother to Jesus. God incarnate, like no pressure. The direction and purpose of Mary's life was to be wrapped up in birthing, nurturing, loving God's own son. Like what a call that was. Huge. You see, purpose and hope are intrinsically linked. If you don't have a purpose, you have nothing to be hopeful about. So often, people go through the motions of life and they get stuck in the trenches, in the day-to-day. Because don't we know that the day-to-day can be hard at times? The the, the day-to-day, the trenches of our life can be hard. What we go through, the things that might hurt us at times, the the financial challenges, the, the physical challenges that we face in life, the relational challenges that we face can stop us looking forward and get us looking downward. See, without a purpose, I believe it's impossible to hope. When you get stuck like this on the here and now, it gets hard to motivate yourself. It becomes hard to live with passion. It becomes hard to take a risk because there is no purpose in their life. I want to ask you today, what's your purpose? What are you living for? Are you hopeful for tomorrow? See, one of the best illustrations I see of this is when someone starts a new job. People are super excited about the new job. They're excited about the role they're going to do and they're full of, oh, I'm going to do this. My, first, you know, my job might be an admin now, but I'm going to be promoted to this level. I'm going to do this. They want to tell people about the new company that they're working for. They're excited. 
But what happens is, as I said, the day-to-day gets on top of people, the, the office politics, the administration, all that stuff gets on top of people. And instead of looking to what they're going to do, they're just looking at what they're stuck in now. And what happens is people become disenfranchised, disillusioned, and tend to just leave the job and go on to something else and to find the other perfect job for them. This is the, exactly what we're talking about this morning. We have to look up to what God is calling us to. See, purpose gives birth to hope. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. See, vision's another way of saying purpose. We're talking about a driving force of your life, the reason you get up in the morning. And the Bible is basically saying that where you've got no vision for your life, it's death. Perish. He's saying, you know, almost destruction, because if you think about it, every single person in this room, you are called to a huge purpose and a huge calling. And isn't it death to say no to your purpose and just sit back and just live a life that actually you were never meant to live? That's death for me. I don't want to live that life. See, Mary's purpose, it was big and it was direct. But we're all called to live with a unique purpose. God's called you with a unique purpose. You say, Josh, how do I find my purpose? Well, the way I have found it over the years. First of all, it's been wrapped up in relationship with God. Going to him every day, speaking to him, reading my Bible, being in it, being in his word, letting him speak to me. But also at Arena, people have spoken into my life and helped me see where my skills lie. And we have this thing called growth track here at Arena Church and it helps people take the next step. And if you say to me, Josh, I don't, I've got no idea what my purpose in life is. I would encourage you to jump onto growth track because we have a whole morning dedicated to finding your purpose. Where someone comes alongside and says, hey, what are you passionate about? And then maybe helps you find that purpose. See, when you find your purpose, you live with a hope that's contagious. The next thing I see from this interaction is that Mary had faith to believe. We see the the end of this crazy outlandish conversation with an angel. Mary says, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. This is faith speaking. See, in the natural, you wouldn't respond like that. In the natural, you'd be like, you, I don't even know who you are. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. But Mary's faith is speaking here when she says, I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. See, a lot of us, we'd have said no to God. We would have said, no, that's not me. You don't know my past. I can't do that. I can't live a call that you've called me into there, Gabriel. I I can't do that. It's little old me. I'm just ordinary Mary. I can't do this. Or you might have put the interaction down to too much cheese or to a lack of sleep. Or after the interaction, you might have gone away and said, did he really say that? But Mary appropriates it by saying, I'm the Lord's maid ready to serve. Ordinary on the outside, huge faith on the inside. I want to ask you today, what has God said to you that you haven't had the faith to believe? What has God said to you that you haven't had the faith to step into? Because I believe all over this place, there are people with things in their heart 
that God's spoken to you over years. There are dreams in your heart, visions in your heart that you haven't been bold enough to step into and take hold of what God's given you. See, God's calling you to more. He's calling you to bigger. He's calling you to more influence. He's calling you to greater impact. But will you take him at his word or will you miss it through rationalising what he said to you by taking yourself out of it? How many of us miss the greatness which God has called us to by saying no? Who's heard of Reinhard Bonnke? In here, For those of you who are new this morning, you might not have heard of him, a famous evangelist, a preacher who's been around the world. And through Reinhard Bonnke's ministry, there's literally been millions of people saved. Phenomenal. And Reinhard Bonnke was being interviewed and, and he, he said that after he saw the millionth person respond to Jesus through his ministry, he went back into his hotel room and asked God, he said, God, why me? And, and Reinhard Bonnke said, God's response was this. Two other people said no. Two other people said no. See, the Bible is filled with stories of people who stepped in and did amazing things. But for every one of those stories, there's thousands of people who didn't step into what they're called to. They didn't live to the hope of which they've been called. They didn't live to the destiny that was over their life. They didn't fulfill their potential because they weren't bold enough. They wouldn't go with God and step in to all they've been called to. Just imagine those two other people who were, you know, Reinhard Bonnke speaks about there. Just imagine what they could have done. Around the world, seeing people transformed by Jesus, seeing hundreds of thousands of people coming to God. But because they wouldn't say yes to God, they missed it. See, the problem we have is often it seems too big, it seems too much, and more than we could accomplish. Is that right? Yeah. But you'd be right in saying that, and that's exactly how God wants it. See, we're supposed to do it in his strength, not our strength. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. See, faith is taking God at his word and trusting him that he will come through. It isn't doing it in our strength. I think sometimes we see this verse and we think, yeah, I'm called to immeasurably more. I'm going to go and set up a business and do it on my own. I'm going to earn millions. I'm going to transform this school. I'm going to transform this area. That's not what this verse is saying. It's not you doing it. It's his power at work within you. You see, God will never give you a purpose, never give you a vision or call that he will not come alongside and equip you to fulfill. God is going to put his power in you so that you can see your area transformed for him. That is the reality of the situation. See, when Mary had this huge call from Gabriel, I think a lot of us would get puffed up by it. We'd be like, yeah, I'm called. <laughs> I'm called to, to birth God's own son. Aren't I, 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 I great? But you hear faith speak in Mary's humility. See, some of us find it easier to speak words of faith when things aren't going well or in lack. For example, you're in a tough situation and all you can do is go to God and that is the right thing to do. But what happens when turnaround comes? Do you honour God or was it all you? See, faith points to Jesus in lack or in plenty. Faith points to Jesus in success or failure. Mary didn't say, yeah, I'll do it because I know I can do it. She says, 
I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Humility. Don't honor God in lack and take all the credit when he brings breakthrough. She doesn't get ahead of herself. She just receives what God had to say. The next thing I see from this amazing interaction, are you still with me? Is this, that Mary had a friend. She just had this amazing news, this this huge news, this outlandish, crazy, scary news. See, she didn't want to tell everybody. It would have been foolish to tell everybody. But she needed to speak to somebody, someone she could trust, someone that wouldn't laugh at what she had to say. So she rushed off to see Elizabeth. We see it here in verse 39 that we haven't read yet. It says this, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is your chi- the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. What words of encouragement from a friend. Most people would have laughed at her. They would have laughed her out the room. They would have questioned her integrity or they would even have been jealous of this huge call that she'd been called to. But not Elizabeth. She loved, she honoured and she encouraged her friend. See, this is so vital for living with hope. Having people around you that will call you to bigger. Having people around that when you share your dreams, they won't laugh at you, but they'll say, you know what, you need to step into that. Having people around you when you aren't in your best day, where they're going to say, come on, you're better than that. Living with hope is so linked with having great people around you. You know, if you, you want to live with hope, you can't live around people who haven't got hope. It's hard. You know, if my closest friends, you know, if Phil, Cher and Christian and and Andy, let's say they were my closest friends and I was spending all my time with them and they had no hope and I was trying to live with hope. You know what? That would be be impossible to do that. We want to be around people with no hope, but they can't be the closest people speaking into my life. I need people around me who are going to be filled with hope and who are going to call me to more. I want to ask this morning, have you got these people around you Are the people around you calling you to more or are they holding you back? Are the people around you taking you back into habits that you don't want to go into? Are the people around you laughing when you say you want to go and set up that business or you want to to go and start that new ministry? What are they doing? Are they holding you back or are they pushing you forward? See, in Arena, we've got an amazing way of facilitating these relationships. They're called small groups. And while no one's perfect in Arena Church, we do have people who want to champion you, who want to support you and want to come alongside you. And we have some amazing groups and amazing leaders, groups that walk, groups that sit and talk, groups that have coffee, groups that open the Bible. And we want you to be a part of one of those groups. And if you need to be a part of one of those groups, you say, I need some good people around me, Josh. I'd encourage you after the service, go down to Resource Hub and speak to them about small groups. And the final thing is this, is that Mary had opposition. Mary had opposition. Now, we don't see this explicitly in the passage. So just go with me here. 
But a young woman out of wedlock becoming pregnant in that day would raise serious eyebrows. It, it wasn't like today, it's kind of a bit of a normal thing today, but not in this Jewish culture. But even imagine one of our young women who was engaged to be married came in one day and they were pregnant. Even in this community called Arena, people might be like, what's she doing? See, I believe it's quite clear that Mary had opposition. See, I'm sure she was the talk of the town. Have you heard about Mary? What's Joseph going to do? Whose son is this? Whose baby is this? Why Mary? I thought she was a good kid. All this opposition. We see in the interaction with Elizabeth that Mary stayed with, with Elizabeth for three months. I wonder if that's because of some of the opposition she knew she was going to face. Maybe. She needed to get away from the people who were going to say hurtful things, harm her. But she didn't stay there for nine months. She went back. Here's the fact. If you want to live pregnant with hope, if you're going to live with a calling over your life, you will be opposed. See, the bedfellow of opportunity is opposition. If you want to live a comfortable life, don't hope. Don't believe for more. Do what everybody else is doing. That's the way to avoid opposition. See, as soon as you step into opportunity, into what God's called you to, you will be opposed. I'm sorry, that's the fact. See, we see this in the Bible. What about Nehemiah? He set out to rebuild the walls around his city and straight away, he was opposed. Look at the Apostle Paul on his ministry journey. Pretty much wherever he went, he was opposed. Look at Jesus. Came to save the world. He lived a perfect life with a huge call, but was opposed to the point of death by the religious people of the day. So you may have stopped stepping into the more over your life because of opposition. You may have stopped pursuing your purpose because of what people have said. But I'm here today to tell you to push through. It's going to be worth it. That call over your life is worth facing the opposition. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's better than sitting at home, spending your life in front of the television. I'm sorry, it is worth it. It's better than sitting back and living a life of comfort. Uh, uh, you know, whatever age you are, come on, let's step in and press in to what God's called you to. You're sitting here looking at me this morning saying, yeah, he's talking about everybody else, but not me. Listen to me. You've got a purpose in this place. If you're breathing, if you can hear me, God has given you a purpose and you were born with a purpose. You can be pregnant with hope today you say Josh I've not got a job my life's a mess it's going wrong I'm an addict I can't I can't shake it but let me tell you today he has called you with a purpose and he has called you to live with hope that's the reality we need you to fulfill your God-given destiny if we're going to see this area change if we're going to see Ilkeston Cotmanay, Mansfield, West Hallam, the surrounding areas change. We need you to step into what God has called you to because that's how it's going to happen. It isn't going to happen with Christian preaching up a storm here. It isn't going to happen with these guys just singing a few songs. That helps, but it's going to need the church to rise up and step in to who God's called them to. You see, they thought they'd won in Acts 14 when they stoned Paul to a point where they thought he was dead. But Paul... 
with the power of God, stood up, shook himself off and went straight back into that town to continue to see the church advance. See, they thought they'd won when Jesus hung on that cross. But three days later, he rose again to ultimate victory. See, it might be hard in the moment, but you were called to overcome through the power of God. You say, you might think you're losing today or even that you've lost, but God is saying, go again. He says, stand back up. He says, stand back up and let's walk into your purpose together. Let's walk into your purpose hand in hand. See, if God can raise Jesus to life, he can resurrect your dream. If God can put a baby in Mary's womb, he can put a dream and a purpose in you. That's the reality this morning. This is the God who takes death and turns it into life. This is the God this morning who takes dead things, broken things, rubbish things, hurt things and turns them around to make a difference this is the God we're talking about today he's calling you to step back up to dream again to go again into what he's called you to I don't care if you're one or if you're 99 today God is saying to you go again come with me walk with me It's going to be hard. You know, there's going to be times when you're challenged, when you're opposed. But let's step into your destiny together. I think one of the biggest shames, the thing I'm most scared about over my life is that I would not fulfill my potential. And it doesn't need to be something that you're scared about and you're hyped up about, but I just want to fill my potential. I want to fill my potential in God. And I don't want anybody in this place to get to that point when... You're on that hospital bed at the end of your days and you say, I wish I would have stepped in. Come on. God's calling you to your best life, your biggest life, that purpose and dream right here, right now. You can walk away this morning, you can walk out of this morning knowing that you were purposed and that you were called of God. Let's live a life pregnant.